turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Great reversal happened in my heart years ago when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. He changed me. Uh, the old was passed away and the new has come, just as the Word of God says, and a joy and a peace that God put there. I'm so grateful for that. But can I tell you something? You and I, we have the Lord Jesus Christ here in this life, but we have a great reversal to look forward to someday when Jesus comes back. Um, this scripture we're going to look at today uh, is going to tell us about the great reversals that God would bring apart, uh, bring about in Jesus' life uh, as he gave himself at the cross. Then he was raised and exalted. Uh, and, and we need to understand about Jesus' reversals because those reversals give us a picture of reversals that God is going to do for us. We also need to know about them because it helps us to see how great Jesus is and how he is worthy of our praise and of our honor. Um, Jesus gave himself in the greatest possible way, so he'll be exalted in the greatest possible way. Uh, he gave himself as no one has given himself. And, uh, and so uh, we as God's people need to lay ourselves down for the sake of others, but also for the sake of the Lord and especially for his will in our lives. And so uh, the title of my message is God's Great Reversals. And if you'll look with me at verse 5 of Philippians 2, we'll, we'll begin reading. It says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So, um, God's great reversals. What great reversals? And how does God bring about these great reversals in our lives? Well, first of all, I want you to see that God exalts the humble. God exalts the humble. We talked a little bit last week about the fact that Jesus humbled himself. As verse 8 says, becoming obedient to death, uh, he, he humbled himself. Jesus didn't deny who he was. Uh, he was in the form of God. Uh, he didn't deny who he was, but he laid himself down for our sakes. He humbled himself. He became a man. He walked and lived the life of faith that you and I are called to live. He struggled with the things we struggle with. Uh, and as a human, uh, and he, he faced the things we face. He walked through this life in humility and ultimately gave himself on a cross. And now God has highly 
exalted him. If you look uh, at verse 9, for this reason, God highly exalted him. Highly exalted him. Can I tell you something? God exalts the humble. That is a principle of Scripture. Uh, Throughout the Scripture, you find the Bible says God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Uh, One Scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, God will exalt you. Uh, this is a principle of Scripture. So how do we humble ourselves? Well, we, we recognize who God is first uh, and the greatness of who He is that we need to depend upon Him. Uh, we need to recognize that we are not enough in ourselves. We can't live the Christian life. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to recognize that the ministry and the service that we have for God, we can't do it in our own strength. We can't be good husbands or fathers or wives or uh, parents or, or kids. We can't do any of that stuff without the Lord Jesus Christ to live his life through us. We need to have a posture of humility, recognizing our dependence upon God and that in every aspect of life, even the giftedness of life, we need God. We need to put our trust in Him. And if you don't know Him today, uh, you need to put your trust in Him. And part of humility, part of humbling yourself, is to make a choice to say, look, I know I'm, I've sinned against God, as the Scripture says, because um, all of us have sinned. I know I need Jesus Christ, and I need His redemption. I need the forgiveness that God provides in Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to tell you today, the Lord Jesus paid the price for sin at the cross. He died in our place so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. And he rose again in mighty power. And if you'll humble yourself today and you'll come to Jesus, says we'll give you an opportunity to do so here in a few minutes. Uh, as you humble yourself to Jesus and you say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Save my soul. I choose to follow you. Uh, he, I'm going to tell you, he'll save your soul. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so uh, we need to humble ourselves. Now, if you're, if you're a Christian, you need to humble yourself, and part of that will be in having an attitude of service for others, right? Uh, because, let's face it, we're not here for ourselves. We're here for other people, and we're here to bring honor and glory to God, first and foremost. Uh, but we do that. What did Jesus say? He told Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? Yep, well, feed my sheep, right? In other words, what he was doing for God's people was the way that he would show his love for Christ. And so we humble ourselves by willingly taking a form of a servant like Jesus did and serving other people uh, and, and uh, living our lives for the sake of others rather than for ourselves. And I want to tell you, God will exalt you if you do that in your life. Now, sometimes God exalts us here. Um, we, we see that with Joseph, right? He was exalted to Pharaoh's second in command. We see it with Daniel. He was exalted a number of times uh, under Nebuchadnezzar, uh, under Darius the Mede, um, and under Belshazzar. Uh, all three promoted Daniel, uh, and he was exalted. Uh, as he feared and honored God, God honored him and exalted him. But I want to tell you, most of us will, our main exaltation will come when Jesus comes. But what a great exaltation it is. It's forever. It's forever. And so, um, you know, I think of brothers and sisters around the world. Our, our Christian brothers and sisters around the world are suffering. Some of them are giving their lives 
because they named the name of Jesus. Some of them are in prison. Some of them have been separated from their families or sold into slavery because they're Christian. And I want to tell you something. They may be humbled now, but one day Christ will exalt them. And just as Jesus was lifted up, we'll one day be lifted up. Uh, And, of course, we'll take that exaltation, the crowns that we receive, and we'll cast them at the feet of Jesus, for he is truly worthy. So, God's great reversals, well, first of all, he exalts the humble. Secondly, he promotes servants. He promotes servants. If you look in verse uh, 7, Jesus assumed the form of a servant. We said last week, this was, the, the actual Greek word is the word for bond slave. It was the lowest word that you could use to describe the service of someone. Uh, Jesus chose to be a bond slave, to to humble himself, to be a bond slave. Uh, And verse 9 says, as a result, God has given him the name that is above every name. Jesus made himself a servant. Um, I remember uh, O.S. Hawkins uh, came and pastored the First Baptist Church of Dallas while I was down there. I mean, he was already there, but he, but I was uh, when I was down there going to school, and he shared this story <clears throat> that uh, he had heard about things. You know, well, don't go there; uh, they'll be telling you what to do and all these things. And he said he just felt like God was saying, "You just need to be a servant. You go and you serve those people and you love those people." And that's what he did. He went and he was a servant. And God blessed his ministry there. Sometimes we just got to make our decision. Who are we in this thing for? Are we in this for Jesus? If so, we can live as a servant. We can lay ourselves down. Now, this is not somebody manipulating you into being their servant. This is you willingly choosing to be a servant. That's what Jesus did, right? He didn't have to be a servant. He chose to be a servant. And as you do that, God will promote you. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus went from the mocking and the cursing and the head wagging at the cross as, they, as people walked past and they, they ridiculed him. They mocked the king of glory. They spit upon him. They beat him. But I want to tell you something. Jesus died, but he He arose in mighty power. And when he comes back, nobody's going to be spitting on him. Nobody's going to be mocking him. They're going to be bowing the knee. Jesus will have the name above every name. He has that name now in heaven. Um, So God will promote us. Uh, You remember remember Jesus, uh, he was talking with disciples, and they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest, right? Uh, who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom, Lord Jesus? You know, and they're, they're arguing with you. Well, it's me. No, it's me. It's not it's me. And uh, Jesus says, listen, don't be like the world. Understand that the one who wants to be the greatest will be your servant. I mean, I'm convinced that it's not the person with a, with a public role in the church that is necessarily the greatest Christian or will necessarily receive the greatest reward. It's a person oftentimes that is in the background who is serving other people and who's making a difference for God in that, in that way. Uh, they've just humbled themselves. And Jesus said, they're the greatest of all. Listen, I, I don't know what I'd do without people who are willing to serve this church. 
Uh, praise God for you. God bless you. Okay, I, I, I th- I'm so grateful. And and uh, but whatever our role is, whether it is public or whether it is behind the scenes, we need to have a mindset of service. We're here to give of ourselves for others uh, as God's people. And so as we choose to be a servant, God will promote us. And uh, he did that with David. You remember King David? Uh, Samuel says, I'm going, Jesse, uh, I'm going to anoint one of your sons as king. So he calls in all of his sons except for David. Right? Well, David's the youngest. It, It can't be David. Right? And they send him to take care of the sheep. And Samuel goes to each one of them. No, it's not him. No, it's not him. No, it's not him. Do you have any other sons? <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, they bring David out and, and uh, Samuel anoints him and, as king. Because you see, you see, David was willing to be a servant. And God taught him in his service to some sheep. God taught him about serving the people. And then God could promote him. Listen, a lot of times we're too full of ourselves to be used by God. And we've got to be willing to lay ourselves down so that God can teach us how to be a servant. And then God can promote us. So uh, God's great reversals, well, he exalts the humble. Secondly, he promotes servants. Thirdly, he fills the empty. He fills the empty. If you look at verse 7 says, instead, he emptied himself. Your translation may say something like, made himself of no reputation, or uh, something along those lines. But the literal Greek literally says he emptied himself. Uh, He didn't change who he was. He was still the Son of God. He's still fully God in his person. He didn't lay aside any of that. uh, Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, according to the Bible. But he did choose not to use some of his power while he was living the life of faith here on this earth uh, as a human being. And he chose to empty himself of all the privilege and the worship of heaven to come and be a servant. So uh, he emptied himself. And how much of an emptying he, he, he did. And, you know, I, I look, um, I, I brag on my wife a little bit. My wife, uh, has acts of service is her love language, okay? Uh, she loves to serve. And, and you know, um, sometimes I'm just humbled by her heart of service and what she does for other people. Can I tell you something? No matter, no matter who uh, is, is serving, no one can serve and empty themselves like Jesus emptied himself because of who he was. Um, you don't expect to see okay, if, if the president uh, came to our church service. You wouldn't expect him uh, to be doing the, the sweeping of the floors, right? You wouldn't expect that because he's the president, right? Or uh, if the governor came, you wouldn't expect him to be taking out the trash, right? You just don't expect that. You see, Jesus is the King of Heaven, and the great thing about Jesus is. He wasn't concerned about what people's expectations were. He willingly emptied himself for us. I don't think we can fully fathom the greatness of the emptying that he did. And God, as a result, 
filled him <laughs> with glory and honor. Uh, one place says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus knew what was coming. Uh, so, uh, verse 10 says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus made himself a bond slave. Jesus emptied himself of all the glory and splendor of heaven to come for us. And God says, I'm going to fill you up with glory for what you've done. Did you know the Bible says the righteous will shine like the stars forever and ever? I'm not sure what that looks like, but it sounds pretty cool to me. There's going to be a day when all of those of us who have emptied ourselves. Listen, that's part of coming to Christ, isn't it, right? You make a decision to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Jesus. You surrender your life. That's a step of faith. And, and we put our trust in Jesus to forgive us and receive us because of his promise. But there's an emptying. And every single person that empties themselves in that way will one day be filled by being in the very presence of God, by seeing the streets of gold and the walls of jasper. Um, and then as we empty ourselves, and the Bible says he, even, even a cup of water given in his name will not lose our reward. That, you know what that tells me? Those of you who've been consistently serving God for years, you're going to see all kinds of blessings. And reward for what you've done. And I'm not sure of all the forms that will take, but we do know that there are crowns that the Bible has promised for different things, different acts of service. And we're told in the book of Revelation that one day we will cast those crowns at his feet. So, and I think it's going to be a repeated thing. When we come together for worship to show the worthiness of Christ, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, cast our crowns at his feet, and uh, then we'll pick it up so we can do it again the next day. <laughs> or however however time is measured in, in heaven, because it will be eternity and there will be no night in that place. But uh, what, a, what a great thing that will be. So God's going to, as we empty ourselves for others, as we empty ourselves for God. I, I've told you all before about my parents, and when, when my dad made the decision to surrender to ministry, and uh, he left a, a place where he had two-thirds cut in pay to go serve Christ at a country church and to preach the gospel. That made an impression on me, but can I tell you something? He emptied himself, and God's going to fill him up one day. <laughs> I get excited thinking about that. Um, so uh, God fills the empty. And by the way, sometimes you just got to recognize your need to be filled. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. The Bible says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, when we have that hunger in our hearts and we recognize the need that we have, we're in the perfect place for God to meet that need. You know, one of the amazing things to me is the, the unending grace of God. And uh, many times I've had to come and confess sin. And, you know, and sometimes you, you, you kind of you hang your head, Lord, I've blown it again. You know, here I am again. <laughs> you know? And uh, 
Can I tell you something? The grace never ceases. There's an unending rich supply. Romans 5 said, where sin abounded, there did grace much more abound. Can I tell you, you can't exhaust the grace of our great God. You know Jesus Christ. His mercies are new every morning. So if you're empty and you need to be filled, (laughs) and you need to receive the grace of God, can I tell you, it's there every single time you come for it. Praise his name for that. It's there because Jesus lived the perfect life we couldn't live in our place. And God accepts his righteousness in our place. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I'm not in this thing. I'm not performing to get to heaven. Uh, It's already been done. It is finished. The life of Christ in my place. The death of Christ in my place. It's Jesus from beginning to end. It's not me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And him alone that paves the way to heaven. So the great reversals that God brings, he, he exalts the humble, he promotes servants, he fills the empty, he blesses the sacrifice. Verse 8, the way this is arranged, verse 8 is the focus of the emphasis. To the point of death, even death. On the cross, did God bless the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Absolutely, he did. Can I tell you that I stand here today blessed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Lord Jesus Christ, when I put my trust in him, put me under his blessing. And he's put you under his blessing if you know him. And we, we stand at his grace. Did you know that? That's what Romans 5 says. In this grace in which we now stand. I'm appointed for blessing because Jesus Christ said so. Uh, how else did he bless the sacrifice? He changed the world. Through Jesus' death, God changed the world. You remember the, you remember the apostles? They're traveling around from place to place. And uh, after, after Pentecost, Jesus is ascended to heaven, and they're, they're spreading the gospel. And uh, they, they, they are heard about it. They, they're coming to this new town, and they say, we've heard about these men. They have turned the world upside down. I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't the acts of the apostles. It was the acts of Jesus Christ through the apostles. <laughs> they changed the world. It all began with Jesus' sacrifice. What would... Christ do through your sacrifice. Now, you and I can't die for anybody, right? Uh, I'm a sinner, and so are you. Uh, we, we, we are not, uh, we can't uh, take anybody's place or anything like that like Jesus did. But we can sacrifice of our time, of our resources, of our service for others. How might God bless your sacrifice? Sometimes we don't know what God has done with the faithful service that we've done. Uh, I remember uh, years ago uh, taking up money to remodel for uh, the children's area. Uh, and we're talking about uh, what God might do. Listen, think about this. There were people in this church who started this church that are no longer here. 
They served. They prayed. They gave. And can I tell you something? Their work and their ministry is still going on today. You and I are being blessed by it. Only when we get to heaven will we know the extent of what God has done through the sacrifice of his people. Jim Elliott, the uh, missionary uh, to South America, said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. As you and I sacrifice for the sake of others and sacrifice for the kingdom of God, spend our time and our resources and our service, and and, and we do these things for God, can I tell you something? God's going to bless it. So God has blessed the sacrifice of Jesus, and the blessing will continue through all eternity, and he has done it to the glory of God the Father. Verse 11 says, I'm going to tell you something. As you serve God faithfully, you glorify God. You honor God. Jesus honored God through his obedient service and through laying his life down. Um, So also we honor him. And you know what the Bible says? Him who honors me, him will I honor. (laughs) And so um, as you willingly lay down your life for Christ, God will bring reversal in your life. He'll bless that service. He'll bless that sacrifice. Uh, and we follow in our footsteps of our Savior who has done so much for us. And we bring glory to him. And as people live out this life, other people see Jesus in us, right? And uh, what an incredible blessing that is. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the amazing sacrifice of our great Savior. Thank you for the power of that sacrifice and how it's changed my life and how it's changed the lives of many here. And Father, I I just pray that you would help us as your people to follow in the footsteps of our Savior. Uh, Give us your heart. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, and give us your heart of love for others. Help us uh, serve others in the ways, the specific ways you've designed us and called us to serve. All to the glory of your great name. And Lord, if there's someone here today who needs uh, perhaps to say, Lord, you know, I've not been a servant, and I need to begin to be a servant. Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to uh, make a choice today to begin to serve regularly in your kingdom. Perhaps there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Lord, give them the courage uh, to today to uh, surrender their lives to Jesus and receive his eternal